everyone, and welcome back to Inside College Admissions. My name is Megan Kaufman, and I'm the Senior Product Marketing Manager here at SCORE. Today, we're joined by Matt Patone. He's our Chief Experience Officer. We're going to have a conversation about how colleges can leverage data and content to create personalized experiences for prospective students. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. At SCORE, we take a decidedly different approach to connecting colleges and students, and you've been with SCORE since the very early days. What role does content play in helping colleges reach students, and how and or why did we decide to invest in this content piece? Sure, that's a great question, Megan. So, you know, here at SCORE, we're primarily interested in helping students find the right fit, among other things. And Poor fit is often influenced by qualitative attributes like campus culture, learning style. So it's it's really difficult for students to evaluate these things through you know your more traditional digital experiences and, and college search platforms. So you know from the very get go, we wanted to provide uh, an engaging place where students could evaluate colleges beyond just that common set of data points that you would get and the statistics from iPads and the like and and help them evaluate a campus, be it photos or what services that these colleges may provide. And by doing so, we wanted to provide content that they could explore to to validate that these services and uh, types of campus culture actually exist. So in this sense, you know, we believe at SCORE that content is king and continues to be king in, in our student experience. And it's a key component in how we how we strive to assist our students and our families in evaluating these colleges beyond those core, you know, data points and rankings. So, you know, from day one, we've really taken a different approach to college search and we leverage what we call, you know, the students' college preferences, which is includes their personal interests, their academic focus. And in the early days, we leveraged a rich set of content. Uh, we actually employed uh, local college students and high school students to help us search and, and gather content from college websites, social media accounts of the you know 1200 colleges out there and, and provide an opportunity for students to explore colleges based on these preferences that they have that, that they have entered into their profile to see that these services actually do exist and see what campus culture might be like. So more recently, we've taken a, that, that similar model and, and we've evolved that to allow colleges to start to manage their presence on SCORE. And we've done so with a kind of easy to use content management system. That's a really interesting origin story, thinking the students are the ones who know what they're interested in. Helping them bring in the content, I, I think, is an interesting start to SCORE. And your experience is also interesting because you don't come from a traditional higher ed background. You've worked for big retailers like Urban Outfitters, for example, in the past. Looking at your broader career experience, how do you think personalization trends in other industries that connect consumers and brands like colleges and students impact the way in which students perceive the importance of personalization when connecting with colleges and universities? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. There's a lot in there. So yeah, I, absolutely. My background is is not in higher ed. I think I spent nearly a decade in the retail space, and you know the last couple of years were were at Urban Outfitters. And at that time, it was right around the time that personalization was becoming a bit more ubiquitous in the space, at least in the 
in the retail space. You know, I guess I'll start with the fact that personalization was really born in the digital space around the same time that the class of 2023 was actually born. So when you think about it like that, not, not only does that make me feel old, but by the time these students are engaging with digital services, personalization had become completely ubiquitous. You know, Netflix predicts what you want to watch. Retailers suggest snow boots that match the jackets that you purchased last week because they're anticipating a snowstorm coming up next week. And Amazon can downright predict the day you run out of toilet paper. So, you know, this generation, if you see, you know, in the quick Google search in this space, you'll see quotes of, you know, this generation is the show us, you know us generation. And, you know, recent study from Cognizant states that the majority of Gen Z had shared that the, the best way to engage with them is through content that is personalized and even taking it beyond that interactive. So video is king. They want to be able to manipulate their experience. So, you know, in, in the consumer space, personalization has been a really, really strong, powerful tool in, in multiple areas. So it's significantly influences purchase behavior, improves brand affinity. So, you know, shoppers tend to repurchase, have greater appreciation for these brands that, that leverage personalization. And even has been shown to influence, you know, peer recommendations of you recommending a brand to someone else because, well, you had a better experience when you, when you worked with that brand. So, you know, as a result, 71% of customers expect companies to deliver these interactions and 76% of customers tend to get frustrated when this doesn't happen. So because personalization has been so ubiquitous in this space, when your, your consumer reaches a digital experience and it's not personalized for them, it tends to be more work for them. And they have to search harder and browse your entire catalog where they really want that show us, you know us, and just give me what I want. So, you know, it, just the, the influence of the evolution of personalization inherently is, is setting a precedent for this generation that we're speaking of, that these institutions are trying to reach and engage. Yeah, and that's so critical, especially that piece where it's more effort on the consumer's part to go seek out that content as yeah. opposed to leveraging the data these brands already have to create the personalized experience. Tying that back to the higher ed space, why does personalization matter in the admissions process? So I'm sure you, you wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I tend to, as we look to evolve our experiences, I tend to make a lot of analogies to the shop path. Because not only is it where I spent a, a portion of my career, but it's something that we can all kind of relate to. So apologies in advance if I make those analogies and associations <laughs> here for us, but I think it, it helps us all build a mental model of, of why it's important. In the end, though, you know, students and families are, are seeking to discover and evaluate an institution or brand that addresses their needs, their academic needs, and aligns with their values. So, you know... The students may take very different paths through the college discovery process, and they have different goals, they have different career goals, academic goals, and the varying degrees of support, whether it's home support, support from their counselors. But at SCORE, there are really three consistent questions that we find across you know, all the research that we've done with students. And that is, can I get in? Can I afford it? 
and will I fit in? And we believe that if we can help in, in students and families answer these questions, students will be able to sift through the you know, 1200 institutions available and find the one that could feel at home for them in a place where they can excel. I believe that the majority of institutions have the answers and the content available and ready to help those students and families answer those questions. And the challenge is helping the student, well, first identify what questions they have, but helping the student find the information. And on the other side, helping the colleges get that content and that information that they've likely already produced and get it in front of the right student. So not to sound kitschy, but it's about getting the right message to the right person at the right time. And, you know, we look to build in terms of developing personalized experiences. We look to help, you know, say a, a student who's interested in a nursing program or computer science and they've explicitly stated that inside of their college preferences well let's help them find the content that is relevant to the nursing and the computer science program and from the other side let's help that institution who has a strong value proposition to offer to that nursing or computer science student or student interested in those programs let, let's help them get that content in front of that student yeah, and that causes an interesting dilemma with stealth students, which we hear more and more about students who still want that personalized experience, but the institutions don't have those insights into what the student is interested in because they're, they're not looking to share their data as we have these heightened concerns around sharing data. Yep, that's a great point, Megan. Absolutely. And, you know, we try to build an environment for students that helps them feel safe and try to be as explicit and transparent as we can about why we're asking for them to set their college preferences and why they're seeing certain content, what actions it's based on. So by, by creating this, what we actually heard some of our counselors say is it's this, this home base and this safe space for students to manage all things college discovery. And I think the more that we can do that, the more authentic these connections can be and the more authentic this personalized experience can be value to both college and student. Absolutely. And part of why SCORE exists is to shift this admissions paradigm to be truly centered, to not share that personalized student data with colleges until a student decides to do that on their own outside of the SCORE platform. What role do you think data and content can play in helping colleges rethink their approach? Sure, that's a great question too. First, I think it's worth stating, you know, I, don't, I don't believe personalization and the, the concepts we're, we're discussing here are new to higher ed. Um, I know, as you're alluding to here, Megan, a lot of colleges and universities employ, you know, personalization in their messages and outreach today. Many, many of these are collecting student interests and signals through lead gen sources um, and then deploying them through, you know, advanced CRMs and predictive models. So 
you know, while some of these methods can be effective, we have found that, uh, at least in the student research that we do, the struggle remains to ensure an authentic presentation to, to the student. So, you know, at, at SCORE, we're looking to build a network that's centered around the student, as you stated, and giving them those privacy controls. So we don't sell or lease any student data. We give students the control, even in their profile, to share what information they would like to share with their connected parents and counselors. So really putting the student at the wheel here. And, you know, and, and not to re restate this, but by doing so, we believe that these actions that we're creating this safe space for college search and discovery. So, you know, students can set their college preferences and confidence. They can browse and discover colleges that, that meet that criteria, align with their values. And, and we work hard to build that trust with the student. And in doing so, I believe that we're providing a network for colleges to manage their presence and engage with students really in an authentic way. And you know, that's where personalized content really starts to shine. For students who are already aware of your institution, institutions have the opportunity to reinforce that fit and offer, offer paths for them to explore more information about um, programs they weren't aware of or highlight information sessions that are available for one-on-ones. You know, and to those students who haven't found you yet, this is where you can greet them at hello with a warm welcome and kind of share what your value proposition is, a little bit about your culture and give them a path to discover common interests. So, you know, we believe scores where really that, that narrative can begin between student and college and they can make that connection and then build, build stronger connections beyond the platform. Absolutely. And personalizing content can be a challenge for higher ed institutions who are facing ever constricting budgets with ever smaller teams and are marketing to 10, 20,000, sometimes more students each admission cycle. Uh, that's a big ask for these small teams, especially when they don't have access to the tech tools like an Amazon or an Apple would have. How can colleges maximize the value of their content, particularly existing content? So true, Megan. You know, and we are very sensitive to the resource constraints that are felt by higher ed institutions and the demand that it requires to, to create really valuable content. So there are a few ways that, that we're looking to support our partners here so a few different angles, you know, first off, the system that we put in place, you know, when, when you introduce this concept of personalization, personalization can be very, very complex. And in most cases, um, when, when digital kind of companies and firms look to roll out a personalization program, it comes in multiple phases, which I'm sure many of our higher ed institutions are, are familiar with. So, you know, the way that we've approached this is a fairly lightweight system and one that is primarily designed for reuse. So as I stated, you know, we believe that most colleges have a treasure trove of valuable content already sitting, existing on their websites. So we built a system that enables them to really quickly and easily reference that content. And just saying it's built for reuse. And we found that most schools are able to get up and running with a valuable kind of baseline of, I'll call it evergreen content within a few hours. And our customer success team does the bulk of this initial content setup. So schools can onboard really, really quickly 
And, and beyond that, we offer kickstart programs for schools who may have limited bandwidth or need help in, in crafting these student-centered messages. Secondly, you know, once a foundation is set and the content is created, highlighting the institution's kind of key value propositions, we encourage our partners to leverage you know, student insights that are offered through our network. You know, to that end, we provide ongoing trends and aggregated insights about our student population and those students who have expressed interest. So again, not offering any PII or identifiable information of who these students are, but we can illustrate these aggregate trends around those personal interests and the academic focus that have been provided through the students' college preferences so that colleges can ensure they're creating content and messages that align with their audience. We can show the top interests of, of students they have or have not yet reached and highlighting which trends might be missing in their content. So say we're providing insights that you know, their audience has strong affinity for hiking or strong interest in computer science. And we can share with that institution that they do or do not have content that's speaking to computer science. Well, if they have a fantastic computer science program, there's an opportunity to highlight the value proposition that they offer in that program and make sure that they're speaking to the audience that's seeking it. So this is allowing colleges to really prioritize their content creation efforts to ensure that they're you know, optimizing that time in areas where student interest and institutional values might align. So lastly, on topic of reuse, looking down, down the road a little bit, again, we, we see that colleges have a treasure trove of content. A lot of that content exists on their, on their websites. And you know, the tools that we've built today allow colleges to reuse, reference that. They're also creating fantastic video content in particularly YouTube and these YouTube channels. Like it, it's fantastic content, many of which are provided by student ambassadors. And there's very little that better than students getting an understanding of what campus is like than being able to connect with and view the campus through the eyes of a student ambassador representing that school. So we would love to look toward areas to allow colleges to integrate that YouTube, Vimeo, or other kind of third-party content that they might be providing and integrate that into the SCORE experience. So in, in essence, think of SCORE as being a kind of a specialized distribution channel with a, a really focused college-centered audience. That's a really interesting way to look at it. Something that you said to me recently really struck a chord, and that was personalization does not equal advertising. Could you talk a little bit more about how personalization can create a more valuable experience for students and a little bit more authentic engagement as a result? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Personalization is not equal advertising. And to that end, I'd go as far as saying SCORE does not offer advertising. No opportunities for colleges to pay for placement, pay for recommendation to 
competitor colleges, that, that's not how it works. Personalization takes the preferences of an audience and matches that to the value proposition that is provided by college. So in this essence, students are saying, hi, my name's Matt. I'm interested in looking for schools that are strong in this, strong in that, and this is what makes me happy. And this is, these are my personal interests. This is what would make something feel like home. This feels like home. Isn't that what every student is looking for as, as they evaluate colleges and what every parent hopes that their student will find as their first experience being independent and out in the world, defining what success means for them? That's so well said, Megan. And you know, you're describing what we, we hope to provide. Give you a little context here. We, we have an ongoing effort that we refer to as college presence. And, you know, that it spans a whole bunch of capabilities, anything from, you know, the, the interactions and the user experience of a college profile page, all the way to the capabilities of how colleges can, can manage their presence and how colleges are presented to these students. So, we always strive for our search experience in SCORE to remain equitable amongst all colleges. So our paying colleges don't necessarily get an advantage over those non-paying. So it's not a pay-to-play platform. It's a platform that we match on value alignment and interest alignment. And what you're describing here, Megan, is, is kind of like that dream storyboard of a student has provided their preferences and their interests into the SCORE platform, and they land on a school profile page, and they see content that is prioritized, not advertised, that is prioritized based on their preferences. So they can quickly find, discover, and browse the information that is most interesting to them and give them the sense to be able to evaluate can this be home for me? Is this institution going to help me reach my academic goals? That's a dream. Thank you so much, Matt, for, for joining us today. And for any of our college listening here, if you'd like to learn more about our content management system, you can visit us at score.com colleges to learn more about our offerings there. Thanks again, Matt. Thanks so much, Megan. I appreciate it.